Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Good morning. Where are my morning people at? Any morning early risers? Yes, my daughter is an early riser. You are an early riser. You wake up really early and you go to bed really late. How do you do that? That's weird. That's a superpower. You know that, right? Like, not for a major superhero, a sidekick, maybe, where I go to bed late and wake up early. That's my superpower. Um, that's my friend Marquise, just to let you guys know. He's in my ministry. Um, we're tight. Uh, early risers. What about people who just can't stand mornings? Any of those guys, like, just death in the morning. You wake up feeling dead. Except for Sunday. Why? What? Did we just become best friends? I think so, too. What's your name? Gavin. Gavin said he loves to wake up early on, what is it? Gavin, right? Yeah. He likes to wake up early on Sunday mornings because that's when we get to worship God. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Um... Five questions. I'll give you five questions to ask me. It can be about anything. Keep it Christian. Uh, uh, Gavin, I'll, I'll let you. How long have I been a Christian for? That is a kind of a complex response. I was baptized when I was 10 years old. Same. I knew we were tight, bro. Um, when I was 10 years old, I was baptized. I went through a journey uh, that included a lot of pain and a lot of poor choices growing up. A lot of fracturing in my family, some trauma, um, and so that played. So there was a time when I was in my middle school, high school years, I didn't know what it looked like to walk like a follower of Jesus. And then in my early 20s is when the Spirit of God just took hold of my heart like really powerfully and was like, you need to follow me. And so that's when. So I would say that happened, that like reacquaintance with my heart and the spirit of the Lord um, happened 12 years ago. 12 years ago. Uh, yes, orange shirt. What kind of shampoo do I use? I love that. Um, swagger. Swagger. I use swagger. Old Spice. Old Spice deodorant, high endurance fresh. That's my jam. Bear glove. Yeah, bear glove. I'm going to try that then. Sweet. How tall am I? 6'2". Six, 6'2 two. Six, two and a half. Depends on if I'm wearing heels or flats. Um, yes, sir. In the, uh, I go to Grace Fellowship Church. All right, two more. I know it's more than five questions. Yes. Not the Yankees. I'm sorry. I don't hate them. I am an Orioles fan. And they're so bad. Yes, ma'am. What is my favorite season? I love fall. Because I can wear layers at that point. I sweat profusely. 
so fall is my friend. Last one, green shirt in the back. My favorite silverware utensil. Okay, it's it's my hands. (laughs) I just love picking up things with my hands. Um, My wife thinks it's so gross. She's like, babe, use a fork. I will pick up like steak with my hands, chicken, rice. Just like, oh, I'm... I haven't been domesticated. I love to eat with my hands. That's why I love summer, because we can eat outside, and you get to eat with your hands. Mashed potatoes, ice cream, just, I'm lying. That's not true. I have standards. Soup. (laughs) I love eating soup with my hands. Last one, last one, because that was great, so we got to keep it going. Dude, I, so my wife, um, she is spiritually, emotionally, and physically just, she's my beauty, man. She's, she, in my phone, my, my, my phone, literally when my wife calls, there's a title. She has two phones, one for work, one for, and one says the most important person in your life, and the other one says beauty. And so whenever I see that on my phone, I know that my posture in answering that thing and my belief in that has to be communicate, has to resonate over that phone call. Um, she, the thing that attracted me to her the most, I would say in the beginning, she is hilarious. She's so funny and can make me like roll laughing. Um, and that, like, immediately, I'm going to talk to my, about my wife this whole time. Pull up a chair. Um, she, and then her heart for the inner city, for kids. She's been working in the inner city um, since she was, like, 13, 14 years old, um, volunteering. So her heart for her students, young people, her heart to make a difference. She's a champion. Um, she is passionate. She's driven. She's so much stronger than I am. She's a cancer survivor. She's... She's had so many operations. She's, she's killer, man. She's killer. I am a blessed man. Um, so she's, she's everything to me. So that's it. Thanks for asking. Ah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I love her so much. Okay, last one. Twelve. What? What? You almost have a Mikey Mikey's. I do almost have men's size 13 Nikes. Oh, no. Just everybody point at me and say, okay, boomer. Just it's fine. It's fine. All right, let's move on because I don't have much time. Last night. Last night, we, we covered this theme of one family. We took a look, and we're taking a look. We're going to continue taking a look at the book of Hosea. Yes. 
Did anybody take any time to look at that whole book last night? By the way, a couple of you, yeah, man, open that thing up. If you think the Bible's boring, it's going to be like, wow, I didn't see that coming. That escalated quickly. The book of Hosea, so we're in that. It's about a prophet who marries a prostitute and their whole illustration on what that looks like. Just to recap real quick, um, who did we say that the man of God, Hosea, who did we say that Hosea represented in that, in that book, in that narrative? Who was Hosea representing in that narrative? Anyone? God. Awesome. So he was representing God. Okay. Gomer. Nice name. I'm sure she was a really nice lady. Um, who was she representing in this narrative? Us. Us. And specifically the nation of Israel at that time. God's chosen people. But yes, us. Humanity, right? Okay, so we have a prophet representing God. This is an illustration that he's giving his people. We have a prostitute representing God's people, the nation. She's living wildly, and he's like... Want you two to get married to show the world who I am, who you are, and what I actually want for you. So he tells the prophet Hosea, go and marry a prostitute. Now, now Hosea does that. He marries Gomer, takes her for his wife. They have two kids. Um, actually, she has three kids out of wedlock, all right? So out of wedlock, she has three kids, um, one of the kids, he gives them uh, a name. One is, you are not loved to these kids. That's kind of brutal. And the other one, uh, he gives them a name, and it means, you are not mine. You are not mine. And so these are, um, this is a situation where God is saying, hey, look, like, you were married to me, and you started giving yourself away. And because you're giving yourself away, you're creating a whole lot of things that have nothing to do with me, which means you're far from me. You're living far from me, and you're creating fruit that is not lasting, but it's actually creating this, this generational uh, disposition of people that are going to be far from me, that are not going to be mine. And we don't have to look far in our day, right now, our standard age. Dude, it is so easy to see, God, humanity there is so much of humanity that is living so far from God, apart from him. In this time that we find Hosea, however, right now, if we rewind the tape a little bit, he does take Gomer for a wife. And as a husband who would be a man of God, representing God, he is going to fulfill the vows to her that he promised in the very beginning, that he would protect her, that he would provide for her, that he would provide a safe place for her. He would encourage her, love her, support her, cherish her, honor her. This is the call. And this is what God desires to do for his nation, Israel. I'm going to cherish you, love you honor you, uplift you, uphold you, fulfill you. I'm going to support all of your needs. I will be a de dedicated and devoted husband to you. This will be an intimate relationship. We'll be close. And I do not desire for us to be divided. I want us to be one as I am one. You know, there's this, uh, there's this scripture in Deuteronomy, and it's regarded as the great Shema by the Israelite people. And the great Shema says, behold, the Lord your God is one, is one. It means whole. It means together. It means perfect. 
It means complete. The Lord your God is one. And God is saying, I want that to be true for me as your heavenly father. And I want it to be true for us. Behold, that we would be one. And this is how Hosea is functioning in this relationship. As someone who desires to be one with the person he married. My goodness, if we had marriages and we had a standard for marriage in our world that would scream, we are one, we are for each other, we uplift each other, we uphold one another, we fight for each other, we, we uh, cherish one another, we're here to, to stand back to back when we need to fight and front to front when we need to embrace. Like this is, this is the, the, the picture that God is giving us. And if we were as a humanity, as a society, if we were able to uphold that virtue of oneness, I feel like there would be so much less brokenness in this world. My family is a picture of fractured relationships who took vows and decided to turn their back, not to, to stand against one another to fight battles facing back to back, but they turn their backs on each other to run in opposite directions. And so much fracturing heartache. I know that there's kids in this room right now where you have been subjected to a very toxic environment in your home where there is no loyalty, no cherishing, there's no love abounding, there's no grace, there's no forgiveness, there's divorce, separation, and brokenness. Because somebody decided to run toward something else. That's the picture. And this is what God is saying. God is saying, that's what my children are doing. That's what my people are doing. They're running in another direction. So in order for me to bring them back, I want to be married to them. So Hosea, take Gomer for your wife. And Hosea says, I'm going to uphold my vows in this relationship. So they become one. They're together. She's provided for her. She's cherished. She's upheld. And then something happens. Something happens. She returns. She returns. It's crazy, and it's not too crazy. Like last night we talked about I gave, that God gave Gomer a husband, that God is that picture of devotion for the nation of Israel I gave. But at some point in the midst of that relationship where everything was going great and things were going according to plan, all of a sudden there was this division. There was a divorce. When somebody in that relationship decided to pursue not what was good and intended to be good and perfect because at some point that wasn't good enough because some other good, quote unquote, caught the eye of someone in that relationship. And so there was a divorce and she went and returned to her former way. Her temptations, her sins, she went and pursued that which was familiar. And I don't know why. Inherently, there is a huge sin problem in our world. We're broken. We return to stuff all the time. Repetitive sin, going to that same old well, 
go into that same old place, returning to that place to find some sort of fulfillment outside of this relationship that God intends for us. And we find ourselves wandering and straying and looking for something. You ever just scroll through your newsfeed endlessly? You're like your stream on your Facebook. I mean, not your Facebook, but on my Facebook. I mean, leaders who are still on Facebook, not students who are in the room, no, not currently on Facebook. But have you ever just started scrolling through your Instagram, your Snapchat, your feed, you just, your stories, you just scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through endlessly, mindlessly, not paying attention to anything around you? Like, have you ever sat and just wondered, like, what am I looking for? What am I looking for? What... What am I doing? Have you ever just caught yourself and said, what have I been looking for for the past hour and a half fixed to this screen, looking for something and missing out on all of this that's around me? What am I looking for? I've caught myself in those moments. What are you looking for? It's crazy, right? What sort of fulfillment are you looking for? Given yourself to that for so long, wandering in your mind, in your spirit, in your heart, physically, wandering out there. What are we looking for? And so we look for the good thing out there because the thing that God said is good for some reason is not good enough. We've decided it's not good enough or it's not worth waiting for because it's not on our timeline. So I want the immediate thing that looks good, that's pleasing to the eye, that might taste good, it might seem good, but ultimately it's killing me. It's causing guilt in my life, shame, hiding. Do you really believe that that's where God wants you to be? A place of hiding and guilt and shame? sadness, depression. He doesn't want you in those places, but yet we keep going to those things that trigger that posture in our life. Some of these decisions seem so small, so minute, but in reality, when you compound them and you build them up, dude, it's leading to death. It's killing us. It's going to creep up on us as we continue to give ourselves to those places. It's going to start killing some relationships. It's going to start killing some trust. It's going to start killing some places of loyalty and honor in our lives. It's going to kill some devotion we're, we're called to have with our Lord. It's going to kill some things in our life. It's going to kill our joy. It might kill our, our sense that we have a future and a purpose. When we turn to those things to fulfill a place that only God can fill, when we turn to those places, there's only one place that those places lead to, and that place is death. And that is where Gomer is giving herself to. It happens all the time. And and here's what Hosea says. It's like his heart is breaking in Hosea chapter 2 verse 8. His heart is breaking because he says, she doesn't realize it was I who gave her everything she has. She doesn't realize that I gave her everything she has. And I'm giving her everything she needs. I'm giving her everything she has. She doesn't realize it comes from me. The thing that she's searching for out there, squandering in every place, those are things that came from me. She's wasting her breath. She's wasting her life. She's wasting her money. She's wasting her attention. She's squandering it out there. And she doesn't realize how much it is to have this person provide these things for her. This is a gift. And yet she's out there squandering it says the grain 
the stuff that's good for food, the stuff that's nourishing and fulfilling, the things that will fill you up, the new wine, stuff that, that back in that day was used for medicinal purposes, the stuff that was used to celebrate life, the new wine, and the olive oil, the stuff that is used for a healing balm, for a healing balm. That's what they used olive oil for back then. The olive oil, the healing, the celebration, the nourishment, the healing. She's taking that and she's offering all that up to her other gods. She's wasting it. She's wasting it. Not only was the oil the healing balm, but it was the anointing. The anointing means the covering. The covering of God. You are covered from head to foot in the favor of God. And you're out there squandering it, offering up your services, your anointing to please other gods. And we see it in our life, in our day. And and God's not just talking to Gomer and Hosea. He's talking to his nation, Israel, and all of us saying, I gave you the stuff that's good for food. I gave you things worth celebrating. I've given you an anointing and a calling. And all you're doing is serving other gods. Your heart is far from me. You don't realize it was I who have given you everything. Your breath, your life, your heart, your spirit, your soul, your anointing. You don't realize it all came from me. And last night we took some time to acquaint our heart with the goodness of God, those gifts that only can come from God, those priceless gifts, some that I just mentioned. And we can see that those things like breath and life and grace and forgiveness and calling and purpose and food and clothes and shelter and provision, how all of those things come from the creator of the universe. And we see that those good gifts have been given to us. But between the time we took to acknowledge the good and perfect gifts that we've been given last night to this moment right now, it can be said, and I can say, that it is clear that even some of us have forgotten about God. In that time frame, between acknowledging the good gifts that come from God and how good he is, to this point that we are right now, it is clear that some of us even now have forgotten about God. We've returned in our thoughts. We've returned in our desires even in our actions to some old habits, temptations, and sins. It's true. We're broken. We need a savior. We're imperfect. We're sinful. It's true. Me included. And in that short time frame, if we really take a heart check, we can say, man, I did return. And if that's true for the short time frame, then when we go back home to our world, when we're out of this bubble, (laughs) RVR bubble with our Christian friends and our awesome leaders, and we go back, will we remain or will we return? And it's not an indictment. We're going to bring some closure to this tonight, but for now, will we choose to remain or will we return? Even in that short time frame, here are some examples. Like somebody, somebody returned to gossip. Somebody returned to jealousy. 
Somebody returned to lies and deceit. Somebody told a lie. Somebody returned to lust, lust in their thoughts, maybe in their actions. Somebody returned to lust. Somebody returned to anger and cursed somebody out, maybe not out loud, but if not out loud, they're in their heart. I know that somebody cursed somebody out this morning or last night in their heart and mind. Somebody returned to listening to something or watching something that is completely outside of God's heart for them. We don't have to look far to know how easy it is to return. And we can judge Gomer with so much indictment and self-righteousness and, you know, uh, condemnation and judgment. We can look at her, but God is saying, this is a story about you. This is a story about me and you. I give good and perfect gifts, and you're returning to broken places to find what I already have for you. And it's crazy because as basic as our sin seems when we forget about God in here, I do wonder how crazy our sin can actually get and just how far we can venture from God when we are back home behind closed doors, or around our friends. It's pretty easy to return. Just like it says in the text, she doesn't realize it was I who gave her everything she has. And gentlemen, you're not off the hook because you can easily supplant your nomenclature in that place and say, he doesn't realize it was I who gave him everything he has. He doesn't realize it. She doesn't realize it. You don't realize it. I don't realize it. And the call in that statement right there is, when will we begin to realize that everything we have is a good and perfect gift from God? And to him is where we belong. We forget. So because Gomer returned to her old ways for a long period of time, there was a separation. There actually was, in this narrative between Hosea and Gomer, there was a divorce. There was a fractured relationship. She had three kids out of wedlock, guys. That's a lot. That's a lot for a husband to carry. She was giving herself to all sorts of people and things. She was out there. And it just represented what the nation was doing, and it represents what humanity continues to do. They go off and make themselves one with so many other things, many of the things that we talked about just a few seconds ago. But here's what happens to Gomer in this story. As an illustration, this is what happens. Gomer actually returns to some old masters and becomes literally enslaved. She is in now a slavery situation, an enslaved circumstance, serving masters. And she is now owned by someone who wants to use her until it kills her, and as long as she belongs to that master, she will no longer belong to her husband. 
And that's the story of God, humanity, and sin. Because of sin, there's been a fracture. There's been a divorce between the God who loves us and man who forgets that. We don't realize it. And where at one time we were free in our relationship with God, there was so much freedom to have in that relationship, so much good and perfect stuff that could be experienced in that relationship. So much peace, so much grace, so much love, so much security, so much So much joy to be had in that relationship. That is freedom. And so there was a time where we were free in our relationship with God. We became slaves to sin. We became mastered by sin. And if we are mastered by sin, it means that whatever is mastering us owns us. And I don't know about you, but if I own something and someone else wants it, they have to pay a price to get it. If I own something and somebody else wants it, it's going to cost them to get that thing that I own back. And that's what happens in the Hosea story later. And our story as well, even now. And I'm not bringing closure to this session right here. We got to sit in it. Where have we forgotten that everything we have that is good and perfect comes from God? And where have we returned in forgetting about how good God is? Before I pray, I have a friend named Elisha back there. And he said he wants to know if anybody else in here is named Elisha. (laughs) With an S-H, not with a J. I think he's the only one. So give it up for Elisha. (laughs) He thought I forgot. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we just, we know that we get it wrong. We've gotten it wrong. But Lord, you are so good. And Father, Please forgive us for the times where we forget about how good you are. From the cross, you said, Father, forgive them. They don't realize what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing, and we don't. But, Father, you are there, and you are good, and you've given us you, and you've given us good and perfect gifts, And you want us to be with you in your presence, devoted to you as you are devoted to us, because that's where we belong. But we return. Help us to see where we return, why we return, and why ultimately we just need to return to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Live After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.